Well, praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? He is so good. Luke chapter 14 today, Luke chapter 14. This past week, Sydney sent me a text. She was able to lead a coworker to the Lord. Wasn't that a wonderful thing? She's been attending our church, I guess, under the tent she came, right? And uh, has been attending our church for a few weeks and then said to Sydney this week, tell me about being saved. And so we praise the Lord for that. Brother Dick Disip and I were at lunch together this week and young lady there, she trusted Christ as her savior that waited on us. And so, so excited, so exciting. The fields are widened to harvest, but the laborers are few, the Bible says. Sometimes we get that mixed up. We think that there are so many of us out there and nobody's getting saved. The problem is no one's telling people of Jesus, but the fields are widened to harvest. And so I praise the Lord for that. Luke chapter 14, verse number 25, and there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first, count at the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and it is not able to finish it, all that behold, it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth down before first and counseleth that whether he be able to, to with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salt uh, seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. How many of you can hear today? Say amen to that. How many of you can hear? The Bible says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Father in heaven, I pray today, Lord, I pray that you've been pleased with our time together so far. Lord, we've sung about you. We've exalted your name. We've come before you in prayer. We've, Lord, we've sought to to worship you and, and exalt you. And I pray, Lord, that you were pleased with it. And Lord, we'll talk about a serious matter here, a disciple. So Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear today and I pray that we'd be obedient to your word. And I ask you this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Jesus is bringing together a great multitude in verse number 25. We don't know how many people this great multitude is, but it's a great multitude, a great number of people. 
remember in the days when Jesus began his, began his earthly ministry, as miracles started happening, as his fame started going forth, great numbers of people would come. We read of times where he would gather people and some 5,000 people would come to hear what Jesus would have to say. Many of them came not to follow after him, but to see the miracles they've heard of. Witness this man, Jesus, that people are, are speaking about. And a great multitude has come to Jesus today and he turns to them and he says to them something that's very difficult to understand. You would think if a great multitude is coming to Jesus that he would tell them something that would keep them there, that maybe that would settle them, that would cause them to, to even follow him even greater, this great multitude. But what Jesus does is he begins to, to, to cause people to scatter. What he's really doing is he's going to begin now to really cause those that are not truly wanting to follow him to scatter and those that are true disciples, he's going to begin to minister to. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. But in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus says, come unto me. But then he, he says, then you must follow me. Those that come unto me. He speaks of something very difficult for us to hear here. A disciple is one that learns. A disciple is one that is a learner of a master. He learns from his master and then he becomes like his master. A disciple of Jesus Christ would be one that learns of Jesus Christ and then becomes like Christ. How many of today would say that I wanna be a disciple of Jesus Christ? You know, many may say that, but let's be truthful today. Discipleship costs. Now, salvation is free. Salvation, you do nothing to merit. You do nothing for. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He paid your sin debt on the cross. And we simply confess of our sins and we believe in what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that he rose again on the third day. And salvation is free. But to be a disciple, a follower, it costs. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells this great crowd of followers that are following him with his statement, he sends some way. And Jesus, he doesn't do a great miracle. He doesn't gather this great multitude and, and he doesn't perform a great miracle so that others come. He, he doesn't attract more followers here. Jesus, Jesus doesn't water down his teaching here. He doesn't say, I'm going to save the, the heavy stuff for later. Jesus turns to them and he talks to them about something that's very, very difficult. He says again, let's look at this again in verse number 26. He says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus is not looking for easy followers. And to be honest with you, following Jesus, becoming a disciple of Jesus is not easy. Many times we've watered down the gospel to try to get more followers. 
Many churches today are watering down the message, taking and choosing what they want out of the word of God and not standing for the whole counsel of the word of God to try to attract more followers. There's no cheap discipleship, church. Serving the Lord goes far beyond just a Sunday morning service. Serving the Lord goes far beyond just coming once a week to church. Serving the Lord is going to take a great sacrifice this month. We're talking of, of back to building. We've, we've discussed this month each week about ways to be involved. But I want you to know something. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is more than just teaching a Sunday school class. It's more than just coming on Sunday and serving. I know what you're saying. Well, you've been trying to get us all month to serve. Yes. And today I want you to see that being a disciple is even greater than what we do on Sundays. Being a disciple, number one, would you please write this someplace in your heart? Look with me again at verse number 26 and 27. We've read, read number 26. Let me read again verse number 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. You see, a true disciple, a disciple that he is, uh, he's, he's dealing with here today, the cost of discipleship is one that's willing to worship the Lord Jesus Christ at any cost. He's willing to worship the Lord Jesus Christ at any cost. You know what is so interesting to me today? There are so many today in America that is trying to fit their own personal schedule in with their Sunday church schedule, trying to make this happen, even choosing which one they're going to do while there's servants, this true disciples of Jesus Christ that are gathering today on this day around this world at the risk of death. There are people today that are gathering. If they get caught with the word of God, it's death. I read an article this week in Afghanistan. They are beginning to persecute and kill and, 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 and imprison Christians. I don't know if you saw the same article, but if there is one that is with a Bible, they're going back to cutting their hands off for having a Bible. I think you'd agree, those that are willing to hold a Bible at the risk of their hands being cut off, those that are willing to gather and worship the Lord at the risk of their, of their hands or in risk of being imprisoned, they're willing to worship at any cost. I think of Daniel, who was willing to pray, even though it was said that you are not allowed to pray. Daniel was gonna open his window up, look toward Jerusalem, look toward the temple, and pray before his God, even though there was a, a verdict that went out. If you pray to anyone other than the king, you are gonna be placed in the lion's den. He was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to worship at any cost. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know the story when and they were told to bow down and worship that great idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. Instead, they chose that we're gonna worship our God at any cost, even death. They were willing to worship at any cost. 
Listen to me today. Jesus must come before any relationships in our life. Jesus uses this word hate, not as necessarily we think of that word hate, but this word hate here, it's a comparison of two things or to make a choice. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, Jesus Christ must be number one in your life. Jesus Christ must be number one. You know, that means in my marriage, Michelle can't be number one in my life. Jesus must be number one. In my home, my children can't come first. Jesus must come first. And if you put Jesus first in your life, you will love everyone else that's in your life. You'll be a better husband when Jesus is number one in your life. You'll be a better wife when Jesus is number one in your life. You'll be a better father, a better mother when Jesus is number one in your life. You'll be a better child when Jesus is number one in your life. Jesus must come before all other relationships is what he's saying. Jesus must come before our own reputation. Look again in verse number 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, and so on. And also he says this, yea, even his own life also. You see, you must learn to love Jesus more than us. Us, you. You know, one of the hardest things to do is live this life and live for someone else besides me. All too often, we want it our way. And you say, that's not true. Well, deal with someone that doesn't give you what you want and see how upset you get. Let them put pickles on your cheeseburger when you said no pickles and see how upset you get. The other day, I was with my daughter and we went through this long line and she wanted something from McDonald's. And so we wait in this long line. We get down to it. She opens a bag and what she, wasn't, wasn't, what she wanted wasn't there. And I looked at that long line and I said, babe, don't worry about it. She said, dad, you paid for it. I said, that's right, it's a donation. And she said, dad, but I want it. And just then two people were coming out of the store. And this is a girl that's not like wanting really to talk to strangers. She said, stop the car, dad. She got out of the car and she went up to those two people. And she said, they forgot my ice cream cone. And they walked her back in and she came out and she got what she wanted. She was so happy. We want everything our way, don't we? You see, in order for us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we've got to learn though, it's not our way, it's Christ's way. I must, I must see that it's not my will, but it's Christ's will. You know, one of the greatest things that we could say all day long, not my will, but Christ's will be done. How often do we live our life where it's Christ and his will is what's accomplished through our life each day. We must learn to deny ourselves when it comes to me. And I must put Jesus first. You see, when a person comes to Jesus and becomes a disciple, they'll worship at any cost. A cross is something you willingly take up. Tozer said this, a man who is crucified is facing only one direction. Now think about that. A.W. Tozer said this, a man who is crucified is not going back. He's already made his commitment. 
He's crucified. He's facing one direction. He's going one direction. He's not going back. And thirdly, he said this, a man who is crucified has no further plans of his own. His mind is made up. His fate is sealed. And to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means you take up the cross, your cross, and you follow Jesus Christ. That means this, you're going one direction, and that direction is the Lord Jesus Christ and his will for us. That means this, there's no going back. We're committed to the cause of Christ. And it means this, there's no further place for our own plans. It's God's will and only God's will for our lives. When you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, that's the last independent decision you can ever make. Because from now on, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's what Jesus desires for our life. From now on, you're pleasing Jesus. And you are not your own because we're bought with a price. And so number one, number one, I see... In this passage of scripture, we see this, your, your worship, your worship is at any cost. I want you to see secondly this morning, I'm hurrying this morning, look with me in verse number 28, the Bible says, for which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. What does he do? He says, you're going to build something. And you're going to look at what the cost is. You're going to weigh the cost. And and nobody wants to start something and not finish something. I want you to write this down someplace in your heart too. A true disciple of Jesus Christ is willing to worship at any cost and is willing to work at any cost. He's willing to work at any cost. Our Lord calls us to build the Lord has a plan for your life. Our life is to, be, uh, is to be constructed by his plan. Listen to me today. Every single person that can hear today understand this. God has a plan for your life. God has a perfect will for your life. We go through life so often trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do and what I want to be and how I'm going to get there when we must realize this, a true disciple understands it's God's plan, it's God's way and I want to follow what he has for my life. This tower in this, that he speaks of, it's to be spiritually built. I want to, I want to be a, a place I want to be a place where, where God is, is, is one that builds. And I want to be a place, a life, where God's plans are what matters. We have too many half-built towers. People surrendering to the work of God and then quitting. In some churches, their proper name should be used to be. Used to be Baptist Church. Used to be, I used to do this, I used to do that. There's so many preachers that used to preach, so many pastors that used to pastor, and things got difficult, and things got hard, and they quit. I can tell you every week, I don't think there's a week that goes by in my life, I'll be totally honest with you, there's not a week that goes by. But I'll say this, is it worth quitting? And if you were honest, you'd say the same. 
but it's not my will. It's difficult. Teachers that used to teach, but now things got too difficult and and they used to do deacons that used to be deacons, but things got too difficult and they, they quit. They used to be. We don't want a passion. We don't want a testimony. We don't want a life of half-built towers. We want lives that are built upon God's plan and God's way. Thirdly, thirdly, would you write this down? Look with me in verse number 31. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first, consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. He speaks first of a crucified given taking your cross, being crucified with Christ. He speaks secondly of a construction of this tower. And thirdly, he speaks of this conflict. Please, please stay with me. A true disciple of Jesus Christ is willing to worship at any cost. A true disciple of Jesus Christ is willing to build at any cost. And a true disciple of Jesus Christ is willing to war at any cost. This is a conflict. He uses the analogy of this king that says we're going to go to war and he sits down and he gets around his, those that are consulting with him and he says, how many do we need to go against this? He's got 10,000 of them and 20,000 of the other king's army is coming at him. And he begins to weigh this cost. Can we fight this cost? Can we fight this war? Can we fight this conflict? Oh, listen to me today. There's a war. We must pick one side or the other, church. We need warriors who are not cowards. We're living in last days. And we must stand for biblical things. We must stand for the Bible. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ means this, we're willing to stand. We're willing to war and we're willing to fight. We're willing to, to stand for biblical things. So often, even in Christian churches today, not wanting to preach against sin, not wanting to preach for biblical things. It took a Whole. I was at a Foundation for Life event a couple weeks back and they were talking about how many pastors will not preach, will not preach the sanctity of life, will not do it. And they say it's too divisive. Will not preach against abortion any longer. No, listen to me. I want you to understand this as a pastor that stands and preaches against sin and preaches uh, uh, the word of God. If he preaches it with passion and he preaches it with fervor and he chooses to stand on the word of God, we also realize this, there's grace and forgiveness as well. 
Listen to me, if there's, a, if there's a, a, a lady in this room that at some point in your life you chose to have an abortion, if there was a, a man in this room that at some point in your life you chose, you recommended, you wanted some, your, uh, some lady that you had a child with to have an abortion and that's a decision that you made. Oh, listen to me, I want you to understand, we believe that decision was sin. We believe that decision is wrong. We believe what the Bible has to say, but we also believe this, that God's grace will forgive you I don't care what you've done. God's grace, his mercy, what Jesus Christ did on the cross will pay every sin you have ever committed. So when we stand for biblical things, oh, listen to me, we're going to stand, we're going to preach, we're going to preach against uh, drunkenness. And you say, boy, I, I, I'm a drunkard, and I used to be a drunk, and I, I've made so many bad decisions. Oh, listen to me, we're going to preach hard against sin, and we're going to preach, we're going to preach the grace of Jesus Christ as well. Churches don't want to touch drinking, don't want to touch drunkenness anymore. And so we've got a crowd that's going to get drunk on Friday and Saturday nights and come hung over to church. We don't want to preach on the marriage, sanctity of marriage any longer. We don't want to preach that God said that marriage is between a man and a woman. We're living in a society, oh, listen to me, church, today. We're living in a society today that's teaching our children that you get to choose who you love, that you get to choose who you marry. Life is about you, but a true disciple understands that life is about Jesus Christ. We have churches don't preach against homosexuality anymore. They're afraid we'll split the church and that Jesus is coming up right here in this passage of scripture. A great crowd is coming together and instead of doing some great miracle, instead of preaching some message that's watered down, instead of preaching something that causes them of itchy ears, he brings out something difficult. He brings out something bold. He brings out something that causes the true disciples to say, I'll stand with Jesus Christ. Listen, we don't want to turn away people any longer and we're doing that at the risk of watering down God's word. But oh, my friend, a disciple of Jesus Christ must stand, must stand for biblical principles. Today, we need warriors who are not going to compromise on God's word. We can't make a deal with the enemy. We must stop compromising with sin. I think of what this world, this should, the Lord Terry is coming, what this world is going to be like when my children are raising children in this world. We must teach them the word of God. We must teach them not to compromise against sin. We must stand, we can't make deals with the enemy. We must stand for biblical principles. I ask you this question today. Does Jesus have everything you have? And is there anything in your life that is out of bounds to Jesus? Does Jesus have everything? Is there, if there is, if Jesus 
can't have everything. Look with me in verse number 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath. What's the Bible say? He cannot be my disciple. Is there anything that you have that Jesus can't have? You see, here we find the cross. Are you willing to worship at any cost? We find it a tower. Are you willing to build at any cost? We, we find of this king, are you willing to war at any cost? And then lastly, you know, my time's done. My time's done. I don't want to keep any longer. Let's pray. Father, Lord, my heart has been stirred today since the beginning of this service. Lord, it's been stirred by the message that we've heard through song. It's been stirred by those that are willing to sacrifice and work and labor. Lord, it was stirred as I came on the property this morning and people were already here serving. Security guards were taking place and parking lot attendants and men at the PA booth and the cameras and Ladies and gentlemen were preparing to sing. Nursery workers were coming early and teachers. Breeders were gathering in the hallway before all of this, all of this before a single person came to worship. So Lord, thank you for a church that's willing to build. Thank you for a church that's willing to work, labor, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our church. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our stand. I pray, Lord, truly we would worship you at, at any cost. I pray that we'd be willing to build at any cost. I pray that we'd be willing to battle and war for the things of the Bible at any cost. Lord, we want to be true disciples. So Lord, help us to love Jesus first. Help us to love Jesus most. Help him to be number one in our life as we seek to live this week. Help us to die to ourselves. Help us to die to our flesh. And may we live for Christ. Lord, help us to take that gospel message of truth and hope to a world lost without Jesus. Help us to be light. Help us to be salt, I pray this in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning? Church, I wonder... I wonder how many are willing to truly be disciples at any cost. At any cost to worship, at any cost of building, at any cost at conflict or war or standing for biblical principles. The last one I didn't get to today was any cost of witnessing.
taking the gospel to a lost and dying world. Taking the truth, the hope. The Bible says in that passage of scripture, we're the salt. But if salt has lost its savor, what use is it? It's good for nothing. Salt makes everything taste better. When I first met Michelle, she salted everything, even before she tasted it. It didn't matter what it was. First thing she grabbed when she got her food was salt. And I'd watch her pour this salt on this food, and I just couldn't believe it before she even tasted it. And finally, I said, why do you put that on there? And she says, because it makes everything taste better. Jesus compares his disciples to salt. Everything we get involved with ought to taste better because we're giving people truth. We're giving people hope. We're the salt. This week, Sydney was able to lead a coworker of the Lord. She was able to be salt. This week, Brother Dick and I sitting at a table, the waitress came over. He was able to lead that young lady to the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, how many of you are willing to be a disciple at any cost? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you holding on to? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give to Jesus? Does he have it all? Father, I pray. Lord, I pray that we would truly be disciples of Jesus Christ, willing to sacrifice all, willing to sacrifice our will, our desires, our wants, our life, so that your will is done through us. Lord, that's our prayer. I pray that be true of each person here. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You are dismissed, church.